Shut up and sit down. sunny day right here in the central Illinois area. It is December 2nd, 2021. Holy shit, it is December already in 2021. Christmas right around the corner, folks. I hope you got all your shopping done. I hope you went in and ran around and done all your stupidness that you had to do inside the stores. I haven't. I've only got some of my stuff done. I still got, you know, lots to do and I've only got about a week and a left week or two left to get it done but that's what happens when you're busy like some of us out here in the world today it just happens that way there's not a lot you could do about it <laughs> now ladies and gentlemen i had a couple of things i wanted to cover today and it's gonna be a it's probably gonna be one of my lengthy ones here I don't have a guest today but i do have a lot i want to go over so just buckle down strap in and let's rock and roll Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another edition of Behind the Mic with Billy Alexander. I am him, I am ye, and I will have it done. When the United States faced another raging pandemic and economic recession, with all other sources of atonement, as well as the United States, then had to experience a crackdown in civil liberties including free speech in the form of espionage and sedation acts. Racial tensions flared during the red summer of 1919 as violence erupted from Chicago to Tulsa. Prohibition was the law of the land. Prohibition. Can you imagine prohibition nowadays? Well, let me, let me, let me stop there for a second. Prohibition nowadays. I took a trip to Joliet not too long ago for the second time, and I'm getting ready to go back up there again this spring. And we decided to stop into two of the local gas stations that they have there. One of them being the same gas station that this happened to me, you know, two years ago before the pandemic happened. You literally pull up to it and you see all the signs, all the propaganda, advertising and everything else. But when you look inside, they have that whole section completely whited out. And all you see is soda, tea, energy drinks, juice, milk, God knows what else, but no fucking beer. No beer. 
You'd think after a two-year hiatus, well, maybe you know what? Maybe they got busted too many times. They lost their license. They're not able to sell. So we went down the road, and we pulled up to one that literally says beer across the top of the building in neon light. Beer sells here. Has their advertisements in the corner. I get there, and there's no fucking beer. I'm like, are you trying to tell me that parts of Joliet don't sell beer in gas stations unless you're a Benny's uh, or, or like a, a, a liquor store? Come on, man. Get your shit together. The prohibition was the law of the land, and the first wave of the U, uh, U.S. feminism ended uh, with the passage of the 19th Amendment. At the time, they had noted that people yearned for a return to normalcy, as then President hopeful Warren G. Harding had proclaimed. We're still yearning for the world to return to normalcy uh, in our time period now with our so-called president... Joseph, I sniff little kids, Biden, and if that gets me in trouble, oh fucking well, because I'm Billy Alexander, this is behind the mic, and I can say and will do and talk about whatever the hell I want. We are literally trying to go back to normalcy in our own time and era currently now, and it looks like if you keep listening to all the fear-mongering and all the political bullshit and everything else that's out there. They're trying to scare us right back into our houses to lock the doors, lock your windows, and plastic and duct tape your entire inside of your house so nothing can come in and nothing can go out. It's all fear-mongering. Everybody has their own opinion about the so-called COVID pandemic or the Omnicron uh, variant or whatever. Somebody watched too much Transformers, apparently, when they wanted to name that one. Uh, but it's scare tactics, folks. It's going into our second year of this bullshit. Um, the numbers and everything else is showing it out there. A, 90, a 94%, 96% survival rate. I mean, come on. Why are you still forcing people to do something they don't want to? Can you really tell me that all these people out there who went and got that jab with this COVID-19 so-called uh, cure or this COVID-19 vaccine or this preventive measure and all these booster shots you got to have after so many months and then another one and then another one and another one. Come the fuck on, people. Open your eyes. Wake the fuck up, stand up, and see what's in front of you. Come the fuck on. Seriously, people. You can't tell me that this is something that has to be done. Answer these questions for me. How in the hell does Child Sniffer become president and within just a few weeks... All of a sudden, there's a vaccine available. Holy shit, there's a vaccine? Wait a minute. Where was that the whole time when this all first started? Sitting in a warehouse, under lock and key, just waiting for the right time so that the big people in those main offices, along with big, fat, fucking pharma, Knew when to pull the trigger to make millions and millions and millions 
of money from fear-mongering, from scare tactics, from population control, from soft martial law. Seriously, think about it. But it, it was not to be. The desire for simpler times, however, was more of a phantom than a reality as millions of Americans ultimately had to adjust to a fast-changing world, as we are today still to this day, still changing to a fast-paced world including a rapidly changing media landscape. Now you don't have just newspapers. You don't have just the televisions. You don't have telegraphs and all that stuff. You have social media everywhere you turn your head. Computers, tablets, cell phones, everything. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. All these other ones that are coming out and everything else. Radio was a huge one back in the day. Radio is still popular to this day. <coughs> Sorry, I had one of those uh, coffee, toffee, peanuts, and I think I got <clears throat> part of a peanut stuck in my throat. Radio is still a big thing today. There's a lot of streaming services out there, but a lot of people still listen to radio. Every major change in the media landscape has brought with its promise of expanded horizons and democratic possibility, potentially for a border. More exclusive public conversations, people, only to see many of the old patterns of division, exclusion, and demonization reoccur in new ways as well as the old ways and recent revelations about Facebook remind us every single day. The pandemic always expanded journalistic horizons is a matter of necessity. To a lesser extent, the threat to American democracy, part of a worldwide trend of democratic backsliding, has done so as well. But the some have expanded their horizons. Many more continue as it's little or nothing has fundamentally changed. What really has changed? The, the way that you put your pants on in the morning, the way you brush your teeth or, or put your makeup on or your mascara, the way that you stir your oatmeal in the morning. I mean, what really has changed? The day-to-day news stories perpetrate the fantasy that normal has already returned. Has normal really returned, folks? I mean, has your normal returned? Now that you have uh, all this other crap happening and going on, you've got the the problems now that, that we have more people unemployed than ever before because companies, companies are forcing workers to take this so-called COVID vaccine or you don't have a fucking job. You can't feed your family. You can't you can't raise your kids. You can't put food in your kids' mouths, pay your bills because you didn't take a shot that we still 100% really don't know what the fuck it is and what it does and what's in it. But rest assured, you keep seeing the numbers come out now that, that they keep trying to tell us that it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, as the president said, as he almost fell down the steps of an airplane a couple months ago. This is no longer a... A COVID pandemic or a a COVID uh, issue. This is a 
this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Take the needle, pop the little cap off, Biden, stick it in your ass cheek, and inject that shit right into your own ass. Okay? Why don't you go find yourself a plane full of little kids to sniff? Why don't you go find your next uh, news conference so you can lean over and sniff a little girl's hair or grab a hold of somebody for a picture and make them uncomfortable and let us live our fucking lives? The normal patterns of exclusion and suppression has been tracking for 40 years to continue to dominate with even the latest wrinkles fitting into well-established broad patterns that are depressingly familiar. My phone's blowing up already. I must have I must have bit a nerve. Um, I must have already bit somebody's nerve, um, pissed them off or something. And uh, But you know what? I don't care because that's what I do. Prescription drug costs to become a leading cause of death for the elderly. Now think about this, folks. Soaring prescription drug costs have been widely reported by corporate news outlets. But they're utterly ignored the staggering result cost in human lives. More than 1.1 million seniors enrolled in Medicare programs could die prematurely within the next decade due to unaffordable prescription drugs. Now, that numbers are coming from, uh, according to a November 2020 study that was reported by Kenny Stansel for Common Dreams. Big Pharma has been jacking prices and changing prices of prescription drugs for years. And they've done nothing but hurt the low-income families who need it for their families to survive, their kids to make it to the next day, and our elderly that we so, so try to protect each and every single day. You know, there's nothing more that I would hate to have to worry about Big Pharma jacking the cost of a certain medication for my grandmother, my mom, my dad, uh, my grandfather even, or one of my kids that would need something on their daily to survive all because they want to make more money off of it. They want to cut back the dosage uh, that they originally started with, jack your price to make you feel like you're still getting what you're supposed to and you're not. As medicine becomes increasingly expensive and patients skip doses, ration their prescriptions, or quit treatments altogether. Phenomenon known as a cost-related not adherence, which will become a leading cause of death in the United States ahead of diabetes, influenza, pneumonia, and kidney disease by the year 2030, according to studies out of the nonprofit West Health Policy Center. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name because I guarantee I'll butcher the shit out of it. Um, the research arm of the Amerisource Virgin and Drug Distributors. Even with Medicare insurance, what seniors pay is linked to a drug's price. The study explained, which allowed them to model how cost-related non-adherence would change under policies that would reduce drug prices, such as Medicare. The negotiations. This study focused on five medical conditions that significantly affect seniors 
and for which effective pharmaceutical treatments would be available, including three types of heart disease, chronic kidney disease, and type B diabetes. The good news is the policy changes can curb the power of big pharma, resulting in far fewer avoidable deaths, reported by Stancil. Medicare negotiation is projected to reduce drug prices and seniors' cost-sharing, which could prevent nearly 94,000 deaths annually and saving $475.9 billion. That's B, billion dollars stated as one of the key findings. Do you guys have to wake up every day hoping that the rationing of your prescription drugs is going to get you to your next payday when you're able to afford that one medication? Are you scraping by because you can only afford so much of your medication? Big Pharma has been and will always be one of the big monsters that we will have to take down eventually. Move on to a little bit of other things here. Journalists investigating financial crimes threatened by the global elites. How many underground journalists do you know personally in your area? I know about 12 in my area, including myself. How many do you know? Financial crimes of global elites involving the flow of dirty money through some of the world's most powerful banks. Major headlines in recent years, most notably was when the Panama Papers in 2016 and the Thin Sea Files in 2020, but you also know a great deal more if it was not for the flood of threats faced by the journalists who are doing the work and major stories that hasn't been told in America's corporate media. Despite detailing reports from the Foreign Policy Center, or the FPC, unsafe for scrutiny, released in November of 2020. Now, there are reports basing a survey of 63 investigative journalists from 41 different countries, which found that 71%, 71%, okay, 63 investigative journalists from 41 different countries came forward. 71% of them had experienced threats and harassment while doing investigations with large portions of those 73% experiencing legal threats as well. Now, that's as far as you can go into providing papers to saying, shut up, go away, don't stick your nose where it don't belong, here's a paper that's telling you to get away from me right now. 73% of them legal threats. Come on. 
Its findings were described by Spencer Woodman in an article for the International Concertorium of Investigative Journalists, the ICIJ. 71% experienced threats, 73% legal threats. Survey of 63 investigative journalists from 41 different countries. That's amazing. The numbers on that are outstanding. The report found that legal threats are chief among the types of harassment facing journalists conducting financial investigations and offer to seek the exploit a skewered balance of power between often underfunded reporting enterprises and the legal might of the almighty attorneys hired by the world's wealthiest people and corporations. Look, if you find out something that could possibly destroy your entire infrastructure of your city or your town, it could bring down some major players even farther down the road from you, by all means, do what you need to do and bring them motherfuckers to justice one way or another. Be, be safe doing it, but bring them to justice. Physical threats to online harassments are even more popular these days because of social media. While no journalists surveyed in North America reported physical threats, but 60% of respondents working in sub-Saharan Africa and 50% of the respondents from North Africa and the Middle East region reported threats of physical attacks. Daphne Galazia was murdered by a car bomb in Malta back in October of 2017. She was an investigative journalist. Other parts of the country take it to an extreme. They'll Shoot you as you drive down the street. They'll blow up the building you're in. They'll, they'll blow up your house. They'll kill your family. They'll do what it does to take to stop any of that from getting out of their area, out of their country and stuff. Because you think about it, all that stuff that's really going on in your country over there and other parts of the world is tied to us in the America, uh, United States and to uh, tied together and and with 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 officials from China and Russia and, and North Korea, it's all over, guys. That's how the world works. The silence about the uh, the silencing has been defeated. There's been some coverage overseas, but to date, however, no major commercial newspaper, a broadcast outlet here in the states, has mentioned the historical wave of wildcat strikes for workers. Uh, and their rights, the millions of people were designated essential workers when the U.S. went into lockdown in March of 2020. Now, see, this also goes into what's happening now in my area and a lot of other places. When this all started, you called all these nurses and doctors and practitioners and pediatricians and anybody in the medical field that took care of people, you called them heroes. You you celebrated and stood by them for risking their life on a daily basis in more of a so-called dangerous world that we live in today to help those people. 
and now you call them crybabies and cowards. You call them waste of time and waste of space and we shouldn't pay you and you shouldn't be allowed to do this because they stand up for their rights and they don't want to be forced to do something that they don't like. There are hundreds and thousands of medical workers that are losing their jobs because they're standing up for themselves and not taking what they're trying to shove into our bodies. They're standing up for themselves, their friends, their families, and people that they tried to help or are still helping. Thousands of wildcat strikes erupted to challenge dangerous working conditions of the chronically low-waged time. A lot of people, a lot of people have been hurt really bad. There's not much that can be done, but refusal to protect against the COVID-19 and the decreasing coverage of sharply increasing the cost of medical insurance as well for those who actually had it. The further strike surged was driven by black and brown workers using digital technologies to organize collective actions as a way to press some of the demands for racial justice raised by the Black Lives Matter and George Floyd protesters when all that went on. The labor news site, the website Payday Report, Mike Elk created a continuously updating COVID-19 strike wave interactive map, an SWIM. Conveniently swim. Which had identified 1,100 wildcat strikes as of March 24, 2021, many of which are the corporate media that had chosen to ignore according to uh, what Project Censored including more than 600 strikes or work stoppages by workers in solidarity with the Black Lives Moment and movement back in June of 2020 alone. While local and regional newspapers and broadcast news outlets have reported on particular local actions, corporate news coveraging has failed to report the strike wave as a wave and not time connecting the dots at all individuals seemingly isolated work stoppages, and walkouts to create picture of an overwhelming trend. The sole exception where there was national coverage was in August of 2020 when the highly paid baseball and basketball pro athletes <coughs> walked out in violation of their contracts to protest the shooting of Jacob Blake by Wisconsin police. The coverage ended quickly once they returned a few days later. There's many a places still around, not just your area, but around the world that aren't getting the coverage that is needed for this. People are out of work. People are losing money. People have no way to provide and protect their family because big pharma and big-time corporations want to try to push and push and push and push. You're your own person, folks. Open your eyes. Take a look. At all your surroundings, or you might miss something. 
The United States and other developed countries in the global north are responsible for 92% of all the excess carbon dioxide emissions driving global warming. Coming from a study in September issue of the Lancet Planetary Health, the U.S. alone was responsible for 40%, followed by Russia and Germany at 8 United Kingdom at 7 and Japan at 5%. The study's author, economic anthropologist Jason Hickel, told Sarah Lazarn of the In These Times, his research began from the premises that the atmosphere is a common resource and that all the people should have equal access to share between each other. He calculated each nation's fair share of a substantial global carbon budget based on the population, along with the analysts of territorial emissions from 1850 to 1969 and consumption-based emissions from 1970 to 2015. In turn, this was used to calculate the extent to which each country has overshot or undershot its fair share. The results, he told, in these times show that the countries of the global north have stolen a big chunk of the atmospheric fair shares of poor countries. And on top of that, are responsible for the vast majority of excess emissions. They've effectively colonized the global atmosphere excuse me, atmospheric commons for the sake of their own industrial growth. So now they're saying that there are countries stealing away more of the share of the atmosphere than what said country is allowed to have. The study was found that most countries in the global south were within their boundary fair share, including India and China, although China will overshoot very soon. Climate creditors to date are India, 34% of global undershoots, China at 11%, Bangladesh and Indonesia, five each, and Nigeria at 4%. Microplastics and toxic chemicals increasingly prevalent in the world's oceans. How many of you high-dollar people out there take a trip out on your yacht or your big boat every now and then to go sword fishing or or uh, shark fishing or just to go out and have a good time? Have you ever looked over the side of your boat and see the nastiness floating in our oceans? Have you ever walked across the beaches of Florida Carolinas, up north. Have you walked the beaches of California and along that west coast or even the southern areas? And just look at the trash that flows in off the oceans onto the beaches. The animals that are dead because of the crap that everyone keeps throwing down, throwing out. It's almost as if 
we have these gigantic military planes that fly over the oceans at night and just empty out the back end of their cargo holds into the ocean. That's how bad it's getting. According to a pair of scientific studies published in the summer of 2020, microplastic particles and family of toxic chemicals known as per and polyfluorochlorine substances. I totally butchered that one. We're going to go with PFAS become more widespread in the oceans than previously realized and it's starting to contaminate contaminate the global seafood supply. A few problems related because of PFAS is a family of highly stable forever chemicals with more than 4,700 known members. It can occur as a microplastic that stick to the particles in the water and are involved in the production of those said plastics. German-American study published in a journal, Environmental Science and Technology, revealed the PFAS, which are used in a range of products, including carpet, furniture, clothing, food packaging, and non-stick coatings, you know, kind of like the one that was used in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to shot Clark all the way across the world there in the snow drifts, have now been found in the Arctic Ocean. We as humans here in the United States and as humans around the world are stupid. Before somebody goes and reports me or tries to say that I'm pinpointing here, I'm not pinpointing. I'm just I'm describing human nature. We're stupid. All these years that this has been going on and it can never be stopped is now reaching the Arctic Ocean. We as people of this country, of this world, all around, we seriously need to step back and take a look at the panoramic view in front of us and figure things out quicker because we are going to kill our own selves with our own problems and issues if we don't try to put a stop to it. The discovery worries scientists because it means that PFAS can reach any body of water anywhere in the world, and such chemicals are likely present in our own water supply. Concerning, as Daniel Ross reports for Truth Out, there are known human health Impacts, including certain cancers, liver damage, thyroid linked to increased risk of severe COVID-19. So it floats back to COVID-19, folks. Cited a number of studies as well that the emerging research suggests that one important pathway for PFAS spreading is through the air and in rainwater in the rain and air, okay? And that they had been widely detected in China, the U.S., and elsewhere. PFAS are probably detectable in all major waste 
um, and all major water supplies in the U.S., according to the Environmental Working Group study. What's more over, 200 million Americans could be drinking water contaminated with this PFAS above a level EWG scientists believe is safe, according to the organizations on the most recent findings. I'm that type of person that when I buy certain things, like, say, a six-pack, I make sure to cut up that plastic because more than once have I been in areas where I've seen animals, they get caught in a six-pack ring or a 12-pack ring or certain plastics that have been thrown uh, in waterways have reached the oceans and kills animals. If we don't stop doing stupid shit, we will be the end of our own existence. We won't need another country to drop that bomb. We won't need aliens to come down and start a Nosaic war. We won't need a, a sun flare to melt the earth. We won't need an ice age. We're going to do it to ourselves by the way we live. Before the political race theory, moral panic fueled a nationwide uprising and censored discussions of race in education. There was an opposite moral pandemic decrying cancel culture. Stifling certain people, especially in education, when at the peak of the cancel culture panic, perhaps the most canceled people anywhere in America, pro-Palestinian activists and sympathizers, got virtually no attention whatsoever. That was even through a well-funded, secretly-run, blacklisted website known as Canary Mission, explicitly targeting thousands of individuals with dossiers expressing intended to ruin their careers before they even began. Used in interrogations by the Israeli security officials, this is coming from Forward, a Jewish publication, they've been used by the FBI and reported by Intercept. The website established in 2015 seeks to publicly discredit critics of Israel as terrorists and anti-Semites. Project Censor noted, but its careless style of act, excuse me, its careless style of accusation has caused a backlash, even among your pro-Israel, Israeli, Israeli, it's a weird word to say sometimes, Israeli Jews, while some of those listed on the site are prominent activists, others are students who have attended just a single event or even studied government representatives suspected for voting for resolutions that are critical to Israel reported by a publication called The Forward. Three examples where the Canary Mission was apparently retaliating against the critics, including the Jews. Its main targets are the Palestinians, particularly activists involved in all global boycott 
divestment and sanctions or the BDS movement that works to peacefully pressure Israel to obey internationally laws and respect Palestinians' human rights. The Intercept reported in 2018 while Canary promotes itself as a group of working against anti-Semitism, the blacklist's effective goal is to clamp down on growing support for Palestinian and Palestine in the United States by intimidating and tarnishing Palestinian rights advocates a brush of bigotry. The list itself had a chilling effect when the First Amendment rights. Another intercept story reported a survey of over 60 people filed on Canary Mission conducted by the group against Canary found that 43% of respondents said they toned down their activism because of the blacklist, while 42% said they suffered acute anxiety from being placed on the website. Some have been received death threats as well. For many otherwise unknown activists, a Canary Mission profile is the most visible online presence. It's the first thing that comes up when you Google my name. The claim that I'm a terrorist supporter and an extremist. One former activist of Palestinian issues told publication The Intercept. <sighs> Guys, what are we going to do? What are we going to be able to do to change how everything in this country, in this world, has been happening? We need to get together. We need to stand up for our rights. We need to stand up against what is not right and show that we can and will fight together against what some people call the man. Ladies and gentlemen, that's another edition of Behind the Mic with Billy Alexander. We are gone. Shut up and sit down.